when the replay official did not stop I, the game. I'm not going to comment on that. I'll get fined for the rest of my life if I get commented on that. We had a great belief in our locker room. We didn't have to do anything special, just be us. I was so proud of this team. We had so much fun, it ought to be illegal. Coach Carousel talk, is that something you just ignore? Yeah, yeah, you, you ignore because one week you're getting fired and the next week you're going to take another job and I'm worried about the darn SEC West Championship. And so, yes, to answer your question. I'm the man to go get it done with this staff, with this team, with this program. There's not anybody left standing after 2015. All right, I am. And I know what it takes. You build in together, you fight together, and you go find a way to get it done. That's iron sharpening iron. That's the way this thing's got to work, man. We got to know and understand that it's got to be about competition. We're coming. We're coming. And we ain't backing down. Welcome in to the latest episode of That SEC Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Bratton. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter. And I'm joined, as always, by my cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Vols on Twitter. What are you up to, you big Tennessee homer? Hey, buddy, what's going on? Hey, I'm doing good, Shane. How are you doing this uh, fine Wednesday evening? Mike, I'm uh, I'm about four in already, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where you're at, but... This call went a little late, you know. I'm off tomorrow, so yeah, let's get the party started. <laughs> All right, Shane. Well, let's start right here with Kirby Smart, who turns out, Shane, this guy's got a lot of respect. <laughs> I got a lot of respect for Gus. Got a lot of respect, especially for their defense. I got a lot of respect for this team. I've got a lot of respect for him. You know, I got a lot of respect for Dan. Got a lot of respect for their team. Got a lot of respect for Derek. Got a lot of respect for the coaching staff. Got a lot of respect for Coach Kelly. Got a lot of respect for their quarterback. Got a lot of respect for him. And got a lot of respect for the job he's been able to do there at Murray. A lot of respect for this team. Got a lot of respect for the way he runs his program. Um, got a lot of respect for the way Will runs the program. Got a lot of respect for the way his team his team's play. I got a lot of respect. 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 I got a lot of respect. 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 A lot of respect. Got a lot of respect. Got a lot of respect. All right, Shane. So you kind of <laughs> hit on it there when we were talking about Kellen Mon. It turns out, you know, maybe I didn't catch you, so you got a keen ear there, Shane. But uh, Kirby Smart, he's got respect for everybody in the damn SEC. I just thought this was a hilarious clip and. uh I thought this was when I found this, I was like, this has got to start the show. Dude, I love it, man. I don't know if I, I just some little things like that I catch. You know, if you remember a while back, I caught Coach O smiling before every question. <laughs> if you realize he was at Media Days and he, they'd ask a question, even if it was a bad question, man, he's smiling and then he'd answer it, you know. So he's just so excited to be there. So mm-hmm. just like Kirby, man, he's so excited to play these guys. It's almost like he wished he had them on their team. <laughs> <laughs> all right Shane. the other thing that i uh, this really piqued my interest when i found it on wednesday uh yes we're in week 13 the next to last season or excuse me the the next to last weekend of the college football regular season but the westgate las vegas sportsbook shane they've already jumped ahead and they've released the point spreads for rivalry week week 14 so I wanted to okay. break these down with you, Shane, because these are some interesting numbers here. And we got to start with the Egg Bowl, Shane, which is on Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Ole Miss at Mississippi State. 
The Bulldogs favored by one and a half point at <laughs> home. Man, they're they're looking like this uh, Egg Bowl is going to be a classic. Yeah. You think they fight, Mike? Oh, <laughs> it wouldn't be an Egg Bowl without a brawl or two. You know what? I love it. All right, kicking off. Uh, now, they don't list the Friday Arkansas-Missouri game. Otherwise, I'd give you a line. Uh, let's kick it over to Saturday's action, Shane. The big game, the Iron Bowl, Alabama. Two and a half point favorite on the road at Auburn. Thoughts on that line? Mm, how many points? Two and a half. Wow. Okay. All right. Man, they Tua is worth fourteen points, Mike. Mm-hmm. That's what it sounds like. It just I, I can't believe the spread's that close. I thought this thing would still be a like a ten point game or something. So very interesting. You know, I'll give you a tip here, Shane. If you're an Alabama fan or an Auburn fan, and you got a good read on what Mac Jones is going to give you, I -hmm. think there's real value in this line. It depends. You know, it could go either way. If Mac Jones is terrible, you know, there's a lot of value in Auburn being a a two-and-a-half-point underdog at home in this game. Now, if he's solid, like he was against Arkansas, I know it was against Arkansas, but if he's a solid player, I kind of, like you're saying, Alabama should probably be – you know, eight, nine, ten point favorite. So there's value there in Alabama as well. So I suggest, you know, all our listeners from Alabama, whether you're an Auburn fan or an Alabama fan, if you're feeling confident one way or another, there's some real value in that one. Oh, yeah, man. Get your bets in now before before you see what you have, you know? Exactly. All right, Shane, how about this one? The Sunshine State Showdown, Florida State at Florida, the Gators. 21 point favorite mm. that's got to be embarrassing for them seminoles <laughs> <laughs> yeah i like it i like that man three touchdowns seminoles you, you remember it used to be the other way it used to be uh back in bobby bowden's days so now we ain't got to worry about that willie taggart got fired so this one may not this may go this may go straight to pay-per-view won't it i mean <laughs> now ain't nobody gonna watch this with all these other games going on <laughs> I, I could be wrong about this, Shane, but I believe the Florida State interim coach, he's undefeated. Just a heads up. I don't know. I have oh. no idea who they've played. I've not watched any of them, but I think he's like mm. 3-0, and 4-0, and something like that. So something to consider yeah. there. <laughs> the, the backpack, man. They're still doing that. <laughs> <laughs> How about this one, Shane? Georgia on the road at Georgia Tech. Well, I say on the road. There's going to be more Bulldog fans than Tech fans here, I'd say. The Bulldogs favored by 30 and a half over mm. their in-state rival. Thoughts on that one? As, I mean, well, how was the most points that Georgia's ever scored <laughs> this year? I'm just curious because I think they're probably going to do it this week. <laughs> <laughs> I think the most they've put, they put up like 60-something on Murray State. Oh, okay. Well, maybe not that. But I will say uh, Georgia Tech's not that option team anymore, so, you know, this game won't be as boring to watch. It's still going to suck if you're a Tech fan. Mm-hmm. Louisville at Kentucky. Shane, the Wildcats, three-and-a-half-point favorite. That sounds about right, doesn't it? Absolutely. If you're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Lamar Jackson ain't coming back, baby. Kentucky's going to steamroll them. What are they, little cardinals? They're the, little, they're the Papa Johns, I think, yeah, right? Yeah, little, little baby birds. Yeah, no, no, the cats eat birds, man. Texas A&M at LSU. Remember this classic seven-overtime game last year. But the Tigers, 17-and-a-half-point favorite 
in Death Valley. Thoughts on that one, Shane? Mm. Now, this one is an interesting game, and it'll get more interesting if we see. It depends what we see this week, Mike, you know, honestly. I, I'm I, I'm starting to get sold on Texas a and I got a lot of Aggie fans, you know, picking up that vibe and not wanting me to bet on them this week. <laughs> so, <laughs> But I, I want to see what they do against Georgia before I, I'm ready to commit this spread. But, you know, this game, similar to uh, Alabama situation, I think however this game goes can can – dramatically change that point spread so mm -hmm. if you think uh, a&m's legit man bet them up if you don't then steer clear all right shane how about this one clemson 24 and a half point favorite at south carolina and before you make it a comment shane i gotta give a shout out to one of our listeners here gamecock kyle i mean this was genius so i just said it clemson 24 and a half Point favorite. Here's his reaction, Shane. South Carolina opened as a 24 and a half point underdog at Georgia. Georgia oh. was ranked number three at that time. Guess who's number three right now, Shane? Clemson ranked number three. The Georgia game was played at noon on ESPN. Guess when and where the Clemson game, Shane, is played? Noon at ESPN. South Carolina was coming off a bye going into that Georgia game. South Carolina coming off a bye going into Clemson. Yes, mm -hmm. I'm talking myself into this. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And some folks say lightning doesn't strike twice, but Mike's all in, and I owe a bet, and I'm, I mean, I'm betting Clemson. You know, I told you that's going to be my lock of the week. I owe South Carolina at least that for as many L's as I gave them this year. <laughs> yeah, spread the, spread that L around. Spread it to yeah, Clemson. Right. Knock them out of Clem the college football. Clemson lock of the week. Shane, if you you're welcome, Georgia. You're welcome, South Carolina. You're welcome, Alabama. If you somehow manage to knock Clemson out of the college football playoff, you oh will be God. a damn hero in that state. And uh, man, I welcome it. I want a parade, Mike. I don't want my own parade. I just want to be a part of the parade that involves Clemson not going to the playoffs. It'd be fantastic. Mm -hmm. Whoever wins, you know, one of the SEC teams, I want to be a I want my own float, me and you sitting on it. <laughs> Last game on the docket here, Shane Vanderbilt at Tennessee. This was a pretty surprising line to me. Tennessee favored by 20 points oh. at home, Neyland Stadium, not beating Vanderbilt in four seasons. Reaction to that, nearly a nearly a three-touchdown favorite. It's sad there's a streak involved with this game, Mike, you know, and I think it ends this year. <laughs> <laughs> so you're, there's no level of concern for you going into this. Uh, I, I saw plenty of Tennessee fans. I mean, they were they were laughing at the Commodores. I also saw plenty saying, well, here we go. We damn lost this one. Just jinxed us. So any reaction like that from you? Any concern, I guess I should say? Ah, there's always that. I mean, as a Tennessee fan, you always got that little concern in the back of your mind that something's really going to happen bad. And, you know, do they save it up for this game? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, I, I don't think so. I don't think so this year. I think we're fine. But then again, you know, we like, like you just said, we haven't won four seasons. So and I think in the last seven years, they've won five of them. So mm -hmm. they've, they've owned us for a little bit. And it's time to get the state back. So, I think they do it this year, Mike. All right, fair enough, Shane. You ready to go around the league? 
Let's do it. Now let's go around the league. My my daughters said something about me wearing a visor and need to put on a hat because I'm getting bald. So uh, I'm going to wear a hat from here on out. I mean, if you look over the next six years, I think we played Miami three times, Florida State six times, South Florida three times, Mississippi State once. So who's the SEC teams? You know, I mean, I don't think I think it's an injustice for the kids. They should, we should mix those games up, and you should, um, you know, play more teams from the West. Why don't you start calling around and see if you can get somebody else to play us, and we'll play them. We'll play anybody you can get to play us. In Louisiana, hold on a second. Hey guys. Hey, I'm having a press conference, okay? Thank you. All right, Shane, let's start in the state of Arkansas. Woo pig! And I would say Fayetteville, but uh, this first clip, Shane, I just, I stumbled across this this week. I was saving it to our Thursday show. I knew we weren't going to have a ton of content, but Greg Sankey spoke to the uh, Little Rock Touchdown Club. And, you know, he spoke to him for a good little bit. I kind of uh, took the the two best parts I thought he had to say here. But uh, this was something that I was not even aware was really going on. I think I had heard heard this might be going down. But, uh, yeah, I certainly know when Lane Kiffin got hired by Alabama, or I should say before he got hired by Alabama, I think they had to kind of clear it with the SEC office, the commissioner. So I have, I've heard of things of that nature, uh, but this was pretty interesting, Shane. Greg Sankey admits that uh, whenever a coaching hire is made, and even the assistant hires, which, which was kind of the most surprising part, the SEC likes to be involved. They like to know who's going to get hired because they like to run background checks on them, make sure there's no NCAA investigations with their name and stuff like that. Uh, so we'll jump over to Greg Sankey real quick to discuss that. And one other thing that I thought was pretty fascinating, Shane, you know, the SEC-CBS game there every Friday after Thanksgiving in recent years, it's been Missouri and Arkansas. And Greg Sankey talks about that and how important that game is. But at the same time, uh, you know, I think he kind of hints that uh, these programs kind of need to step it up a little bit. Otherwise, they could potentially lose this game. Does the athletic director who's hiring a coach does is do they need to call you and go? Are we are we does he pat? Do you have to vet every coach that's hired? Is there a vetting process? I've, I've never asked that question. Yeah, before. there is. In fact, we went to that. So when, when Mike was commissioner, we had an informal uh, check with me process, and then realized we needed to formalize those expectations. And, and the expectation at a head coach level and assistant coach level is when. Uh, when you're about to make a hire before you make the offer, you visit with our associate commissioner and legal counsel to see if there are compliance and infractions issues. We actually do a much broader public search of records and share that information. And if there is a history of significant or major infractions problems involving an individual, that mandates a conversation between myself and, and the president or chancellor of the university. Because we, as I said before, you can do it right in this league and win. Uh, we've actually proven that more than we have the stub your toe moments, and we want to make sure that's carried forward. <laughs> and we've had Archie here. He was excellent. And we've had Steve Spurrier here. So we've actually had those guys, which are uh, spectacular. Um, uh, I, I want to ask, I heard this too. 
you're always trying to improve the SEC, always trying to do something different. I heard maybe that uh, the beginning of the season, I know there's the first weekend, the SEC's never played a game on Sunday. Is that something maybe that opening weekend of college football you're thinking about doing? Well, there's a couple things in next year's schedule. So Auburn and, and Alabama have a little bit different week prior to the Iron Bowl as we rotate teams through. Um, yeah, that, that Sunday's on my mind. So we saw Miami and LSU play in your non-conference games at that point. A high-profile game on opening Thursday, high-profile games on Saturday, high-profile game on that Sunday before Labor Day where we're not in competition with the NFL, I think is a wise move for our campuses. Now, it has to work for TV. It has to work for those programs. And I'm going to go to the end and make a pitch you did. Uh, that Friday after Thanksgiving is really important to all of us in the league. And the Missouri and Arkansas game, Arkansas has been a part of that game on CBS, but making sure that the presentation is quality and people at the game is important for CBS. And there's a little bit of pressure on us about what game do we place there, and we think it's a great representation of, of programs now are in the rebuilding phase, but still important to engage and be a part. So I think about that entire uh, football scheduling format. That first Sunday's great. The, the last weekend's important, as is everything in between. All right, Shane. So there, hmm. you, there you have it from the SEC commissioner. I just really thought these comments were pretty interesting. What was your reaction to them? Oh man, I'd love to know who got rejected. You know, <laughs> I mean, how many? It makes you wonder how many coaches were close to getting hired in the SEC. You know, you hear all. You, well, I can you tell you hear one these, right now. Let Lane Kiffin. Hugh Freeze? Hugh Freeze was one that, yeah. uh, you know, the SEC was not ready to have him back in. I know Missouri, Alabama, Tennessee, among others, were very interested in hiring him as an offensive coordinator. So uh, there's one name. But, uh, mm. yeah, there's – I would imagine this goes on a lot more than, than you think. What about the Memphis cat? You think that's what's kept Norvell out, you know, with the gambling and stuff? No, because I don't think that it really has anything to do with um, – NCAA violations and, and things of that nature. So uh, no, no real scandals that I'm aware of with Norvell, even though, you know, there's a lot of speculation. But if he's good <laughs> enough for Memphis, I think he's, you know, and he's been there for years. So it's not like, you know, there's some huge story that wait and be uncovered. Right. I'd put 20 on it. <laughs> I, I hope it. <laughs> Uh, I think we see him, man. I think he does. I think he does make his way over to the SEC, and uh, I don't know if it's necessarily Arkansas. I don't know if that's the job he's waiting on, but uh, I, I think if he keeps doing what he's doing in Memphis, it's going to be hard to keep him out of this league. And what thoughts on what Sankey had to say here, Shane, about uh, you know the Arkansas-Missouri game? And oh yeah, you that. know, I thought uh, you know just based on what he had to say, you know, it was not. By no means a threat, but I see what he's saying at the same time where that Friday game is nationally televised on CBS and the last couple game last couple years I should say, those games have been I mean, almost unwatchable. Yeah. You know what? They really have. And so this has been the Arkansas, Missouri, correct? So this what time does that game come on? Three thirty? Yeah, every uh Friday after Thanksgiving. So do you know why that started or when that started? I can't remember that being a tradition for some reason. Uh, Yeah, off the top of my head, I want to say they've been doing it for four years. Okay. I, mean, I don't know if that was part of a deal when they first came in to maybe promote these teams or something. I don't know. Or promote Missouri coming in the league or but you're right, man. I mean, this is this is a big money industry and Friday's a big 
I mean, that's a big day. Most people are off work, mm-hmm. you know, eating leftover turkeys. I mean, this is good to take naps on sometimes, you know, but, <laughs> <laughs> you know, still they want you to watch those commercials by half, you know. So um, the fact that he's dropping subtle hints makes me wonder that moving forward, it wouldn't surprise me if we see a little bit of rotation uh, with this. Uh, now, speaking of uh, scheduling, do you have, I know you did it a, a couple of days ago, and just in case nobody uh, if nobody caught it or anybody caught it, uh, could you do a breakdown of Thanksgiving weekend's uh, football schedule? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so obviously the Egg Bowl is going to be Thanksgiving night. And then uh, this Missouri at Arkansas, which is actually in Little Rock, this edition is going to be play, played in uh, War Memorial Stadium. That's going to be on a Friday. Um, and then all the other games that we just broke down for Rivalry Weekend, they're all on Saturday. So it's not that spread out, but it's just the, mm-hmm. the Thursday, the Friday, and then the rest are on Saturday. Yeah, I wish there was some more on Friday. Is there like pro or something? Is there a pro game Friday or something? No, I just think the, you know, that's kind of what I was kind of hitting at when we first did those schedules. I think it would be wise for the SEC to kind of take over there, but I think the way they really do it is it seems like, you know, the Big 12, the Pac-12, the Big 10, they all have – they'll shift one game to Friday. Yeah. But the SEC is so powerful. Hell, I mean, they could dominate if they wanted to. You know what? Absolutely. Absolutely. Seems like there's always like some dog show on some at some point during this weekend. I don't know if that's the, the, the Friday night showing, but I, I think a, a doubleheader SEC would be fantastic. Mm-hmm. And you're right, man. If, if Arkansas and Mizzou don't step it up, man – Think about it. I mean, how awesome would it be to see uh, – well, just think of Florida, Florida State, you know, at 3.30 or, mm-hmm. you know, just a, a another rivalry game uh, put in that spot. You, you kind of want SEC to have both teams involved, but, you know, you want to see production and, and a good game too. Mm-hmm. Well, staying here in the state of Arkansas, Shane, just wanted to make this quick note. I don't know if you caught this, but the Arkansas AD Hunter Juracic – I don't know why he really felt compelled to release this statement. seems like all these schools releasing statements, but I have seen a lot of uh, Razorback fans kind of impatient, waiting for, you know, the latest speculation, the latest rumors. Uh, They're tracking these planes. Where are these planes going? Where are they coming in from? (laughs) They've not been getting their juicy details. And, uh, you know, the, the heart of his statement here, Shane, he just says, I understand that because of the great interest in our search, there will be continue to be an abundance of speculation. I appreciate your patience and understand as I focus on the important task at hand. So basically he's saying, you know, don't ask me nothing. I'm not going to say anything. He's keeping it close to the vest. Mm-hmm. I guess he's trying to pe- get people to stop speculating, but there's no chance in hell that's going to happen. So no. while he's asking it, I'm going to throw out some more speculation, Shane, on this job. <laughs> The latest name that I'm hearing that I think is legitimate here, Cincinnati coach Shane Luke Fickle. That's a mm. name I'm hearing. And, you know, obviously we don't discuss Cincinnati football in this show. I don't watch a ton of Cincinnati football, to be honest with you. But I know the Bearcats are ranked. And I think I want to say they won eight or nine, ten games last year. And they've been ranked most of this season from what I recall. So you get, mm-hmm. you got to think that uh, that would be – a solid hire, although it would be a little bit of a 180 from what they're doing, where obviously Chad Morris came with the offensive background. You know, I'm not a big fan of, you know, you hire an offensive guy, it doesn't work, so now we got to switch to a defensive guy. I don't, yeah. I'm not a fan of that, but, 
you know, you hire the right guy, you hire the right guy. So any uh, reaction to, and I'm, again, I'm not saying this guy's like going to get hired this week or anything, but that's just a name I'm getting here and yeah. tossed around. What are your reaction to that? I'm just not a huge fan of Cincinnati coaching trees, you know. I just, if you remember, <laughs> that's where old Butch Jones came from. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, he was killing it up there when we brought him in. And uh, I don't know. I, I'm I'm not a big I'm I'm not a big defense guy. I know that sounds crazy. Uh, growing up, I loved defense. I, that was my that was my favorite thing to play was on the defense side of the ball. Mm-hmm. But you know, this is this is 2019. You look at the teams that are actually good. You know, I mean, short of Georgia with the pro style offense, everybody's running their spread. They're fu- you know, it's mm-hmm. just they're they're going. They're I don't know. They're just they're just exciting to watch and they're able to put points up. So um, I think that's where football is right now. So it'd be, it'd be hard for me to say, yeah, that's, you know, we need to be an outlier and just focus on defense. Cause you know, there's some pretty good defensive teams out there that aren't in the top 10. Now a little bit more speculation, Shane, your check doesn't want us to do it. So I, I got to give you some more speculation, <laughs> but our boy Houston net, was on Uh-oh. the radio saying that Arkansas reached out to him about the job. Now, it's, it was a very weird kind of comment that he said that because he, he threw that out there, and then he noted that uh, Arkansas, in his opinion, does not have an idea at this point who they want to hire. They're still kind of narrowing it down the list, and he's certainly seemed to indicate that he's not on the list. So mm-hmm. I don't know. And he didn't even clarify if they're, you know, they offer him the job. Do they talk about it? The job. They didn't say whether he. They called him up and just said, "Hey, who the hell should we hire?" You know, he didn't say anything. But Houston Nutt continues to throw his name into the ring here, and uh, <laughs> I think he's hoping for Arkansas fans across the state to rally around his name. But I mean, I, w- yeah. I wish him the best of luck, but it ain't happening. No, uh, he's a oh, he's a hell of a salesman. I'll tell you that. But he's getting that <laughs> name out there. He'd be getting a good marketing job somewhere, but he's a, I think that ship has sailed Mike and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, I don't think he's even in the the realm of possibilities down there, but you know, they guys like that, you do want to keep around too, you know, you you know, I mean, you saw it with other universities, these coaches Spurrier coming back to Florida or, uh, you know, uh, majors coming back to Tennessee's things like this, you know, these coaches that, that, Maybe didn't work out, but yes, you, you still like having around the facilities. You know, they're a big part of your of where you're at. You know, so um, I hope they don't burn that bridge. But I'm telling you, the more he talks about it, more he keeps trying to throw his name in there, the less likely we're going to see him at, the, at an Arkansas game anytime soon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think you're right about that one, Shane. All right, Shane, let's kick it down to Oxford. Auditorio, miss. But we haven't really talked about the Rebels this week. A lot of that has to do with the fact they're on the bye week. So, you know, they don't have a game to prepare for, obviously. But it sounds like they're already preparing for the Egg Bowl. So let's kick it down to Matt Luke. I just thought this was an interesting comment. And then on something that, uh, you know, they may have not been planning for originally. It's something they really have to consider now, given the fact that John Rice Plumley, he seems to be the breakout star of the SEC and, of course, he's going to be playing baseball for Ole Miss down there, too. So how mm-hmm. do they handle that, particularly in the offseason? Uh, Matt Luke talked a little bit about that this week. 
practice-wise, are you treating this week like the previous bye week with the built-in rest days and recruiting, or is this going to be just a 10-day preparation? Yeah, week? We're, we, we don't have any recruiting days left. We've, we've used all those, so this will be totally focused on practice. Um, one of our advantages is the extra rest time, trying to go into the game fresh. So, um, you know, we're going to have some, uh, some mental days, but also some get-after-it days so we don't lose the speed of the game and try to balance that. But we'd like to go into the game as fresh and as healthy as possible. As John Rice plays baseball, how can he get better during the off season in football? Will there be any? So, what what will that look like? Yeah, I, you know, I think um, that there are some there are some concerns with the twenty hour rule and, and things he can do. But you know, I anticipate him you know being at spring practice and you know being able to throw some with the receivers for sure. But I, we'll see what that looks like, especially you know where he fits into the baseball program and coach. Coach Bianco and I will sit down and talk about that. But, but again, we will have to make some progress in the offseason with that because we already know he's dynamic. He's got a unique skill set. And the more we can build off that and get better at some of the other stuff, I think it makes us a, a dangerous offense moving forward. I mean, obviously you and Coach Bianco had talked about that throughout the summer and mm -hmm. the process, but have you guys talked about it since kind of John Rice has become a starting quarterback? Since yeah, no, not since he's became the, the guy. We haven't, like – because we're focused on winning football games. But we'll, we'll sit down and we'll have a plan. There's a way to make it work. I don't, uh, Kyler Murray was able to do it and a couple other guys. I don't want to go back, but the, the guy at Florida State was able to do it as well. So it, it, it can be done. You just got to have a good plan, and, and uh, we'll do a good job with it. All right, Shane. So the Egg Bowl is such a big game down there in Mississippi. Matt Luke was kind of discussing that on the coach's call today, you know, just given the fact that, you know, it just means so much to the people of that state and you know there's there's just a chip on the shoulder of a lot of people from that state and you know families are divided you know mm -hmm. husbands and wives are divided it's it's <laughs> almost like a mini civil war down there when these two teams face off so i think matt luke the only reason he's the head coach right now is because he beat dan mullen in his while he was interim at old miss so he it really you know got him that full-time job down there in oxford I'm not saying he's going to be out the door. Ole Miss obviously does not have a good record this year, but they've made leaps and bounds, I think, on the field this year. However, if he beats Joe Moorhead and Mississippi State, he'll have a winning record against Mississippi State. I think that'll go a long way to, to get that buy-in factor from more people in Oxford. And for anybody questioning whether Matt Luke is the guy or not, I think just another win in the Egg Bowl kind of cements that that uh, at least he deserves at least one more year, wouldn't you think? Yeah, no, I, I'm I'm with you on that. But you know this this game this game has gone back and forth. Uh, you know, last last year it ended violently. The year before it was a real close ball game. You know, it just seems like every year there's it's a 50-50 type game. And it just means more. I think it, it it gets more out of the players. It gets more out of the fans. It just uh, it's just such an exciting game to watch because it just feels like nothing else matters except those two teams. So uh, that's why I like this game. It's just because it's the best Ole Miss that you're going to see mm -hmm. versus the best Mississippi State you're going to see this year. All right, Shane. Let's kick it up to Lexington. <laughs> Well, Terry Wilson was on Mark Stoops' radio show here recently talking about uh, his rehab process and how his thoughts on what he's seeing on Kentucky's offense and 
how they're able to move the ball without really having a quarterback under center and how much that excites him. I just thought this was um, interesting comments here from Terry Wilson, and then uh, we discuss it on the back end. Me and Lynn have a good relationship, um, and it, it's that type that, you know, if if he needs anything, you know, I'm I'm, I'm helping him 100%, you know, and he, he comes to me, and, you know, he helps me on my game sometimes. You know, Lynn's a baller on the field, and, you know, he really understands the game. We just talked to Coach Stoops about this, that maybe you guys uh, as an offense are – learning a few things that you can add to your package when you're back at the helm. Yeah, no doubt. Um, and I, I heard that, um, you know, adding some, some of those run games, um, run schemes to, to the game, you know, it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be powerful. Um, and then just stacking the passing game on top of it, you know, I feel like it will be untouchable. So I'm really excited about it. And, you know, I just can't wait to get back out there and get on the field and be with my team and, and, and just go have fun. You anticipate being back fully recovered uh, by next season? Oh, yeah, no doubt about it. All right, Shane, so, you know, Terry Wilson, a bit of a forgotten man right now in Lexington. Not, I mean, not that the fans have forgotten him, but I would say, you know, maybe some SEC fans around the conference Mm -hmm. kind of, you know, it's the Lim Bowden show now, but obviously he's going to be gone next year. And I also wanted to throw this at you, Shane, because it continue to see a lot of buzz about Joey Gatewood, the former Auburn quarterback, going up to Kentucky – now, he would likely have to sit out next season, but as we've seen, especially with these quarterbacks, I mean, hell, Justin Fields is playing for Ohio State this year, so a lot of these quarterbacks, for whatever reason, getting waivers to play immediately. Joey Gatewood, Terry Wilson, I mean, Kentucky could have a stable of running quarterbacks next season to go into this office. That'd be pretty exciting. Uh, thoughts on that, Shane? Well, I think, obviously, I'd be – all in on Joey getting up there, but I'm, I'm with you. I think he sits out and Terry, I mean, I think they have learned a lot. Did you play both clips or just the one? Uh, both of them. Okay. Uh, the one where he was talking to, you know, about opening up different types of uh, running game, uh, you know, running styles in their, in their game moving forward. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a reason that Terry's not playing right now. You know, he's banged up. He's been banged up before. So I think, I, I don't think it's going to be, near as run dominant, but there may be some scripted stuff, you know, uh, that goes in there, maybe a little bit more wildcat, uh, implemented with a running back or a receiver or something like that. So, mm-hmm. uh, I, yeah, I think, I think, but that's stoops, man, his game's always changing and he takes what he has and, and he makes, he gets the best out of it. You know, you give him the ingredients, he's going to make the best meal he can make out of it. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. that's just the, t- that's Kentucky football. So and I think that's uh, a, a sign of great coaching. We see oh, a yeah, lot of times, I like I, th- I think that was a big thing that killed Chad Morris. You know, he wanted to blame it on he didn't have the quarterbacks the year before. Mm-hmm. The second year, he got the quarterbacks. He didn't know what the hell to do with them. You know, you have to work with what you have. All credit to uh, Mark Stoops and his coaching staff because they've clearly done that this year. I think I think you're seeing it right now too with Derek Dooley. Um, you know, I, I think. When when Kelly got hurt and they and they got hit with you know wide receivers getting injured, I mean they they dealt with the injuries, but you know they felt like they were still trying to put that square peg in that round hole. Mm-hmm. You know they didn't change who they were, the identity of who they are. So Stoops is not that. He's one of those guys, man. He you don't he's like got a card up his sleeve every time. You think you're going to have his offense figured out next week? He's coming out with something totally different. That's just it's good coaching, man. 
Another one that you could say that about, I think, is Dan Mullen when Felipe Franks went down. For sure. You know, they moved away from the quarterback running so much, they went more to just throwing all over the field, and it's it's worked uh, incredibly well with uh, Trask there. Absolutely. All right, Shane, let's jump on down to Columbia, South Carolina, where we got a bit of bad news here, Shane. This is uh, some breaking news out of South Carolina, but the school's all-time leading receiver, Brian Edwards, had his knee scoped this week, according to Will Muschamp. He announced that on the uh, coaches' teleconference. And he says, uh, you know, he's listed as doubtful for the Clemson game, so he's unlikely to play, but he's not ruled out yet. Would not shock me if Brian Edwards plays in this game, but of course he missed the Texas A&M game, Shane, and he's one touchdown away from being the South Carolina's all-time leading touchdown leader as well. He's already mm. he's already got the receiving records, I believe, for receiving yards and receptions and all that. But man, what a devastating way to end the season for if his season is over. You know, I you know I don't want to say that before we know officially, but. Man, it's just kind of the sign of times right now in Columbia where your best damn player may not uh, go against the in the most critical game of the season. Dude, that's that's a huge blow right there, man. I mean, that at times was the only spark of offense they had, you know. So um, I, I I wish him a swift recovery, and I I, I hope he does come back. I, you see it, you see it in the NFL. A lot of times these little guys have these little cleanup scope surgeries, and the next thing you know they're back out there, but. I don't know. There's a lot on the line, and you see things like Tua, too. You kind of want to just say, you know what, let's just – maybe we let him rest. I mean, what is there to gain? But this is a huge rivalry. Mm-hmm. There's a lot on the line for Edwards as well. So, I don't know. This may be a, a family discussion. Yeah, and, uh, you know, speaking to some people that work in NFL circles, I will say this because obviously we don't, we don't want to end on a bad note here with Edwards, but even if he doesn't play – it's got nothing to do with whether he plays or doesn't in this game, but he has made himself a ton of money this year in NFL circles because, oh, yeah. I mean, he, is, he can do it all and star on special teams. I don't think there's been a, many people saying he's going to be a first or second round pick coming into the year. I think he's cemented that status. Uh, I think you'll see that come draft time. Yeah, me too. I think he's one of those guys that's going to kill it in the combine. Mm-hmm. Last thing here on South Carolina Shade. I mean, this is – People are going to be thinking we're making this up at this point, but South Carolina has issued another statement, Shane, on Will Muschamp's status. <laughs> oh, my God. What are they doing? So school president Bob Castlin, General Bob, you know, so we, we well chronicled the back and forth there. He's calling out newspapers saying stuff didn't happen, so they released the audio. So now following the audio release, he came out with a lengthy stadium or statement. I'm not going to read this whole damn thing here, but – I'll read you uh, the key part here. In the course of the interview, I was asked several questions about the football program, including one about Coach Muschamp that I misinterpreted. I misspoke, and the mistake was mine. I apologize for any confusion for my comments have created to Gamecock fans. So, <laughs> Golly, man. And they've remained committed to Muschamp uh, for seasons to come. That's how it ends. That's that's an important note there. Seasons to come. Now, this uh-huh. is also the guy that said, you know, everyone gets evaluated at the end of the year. We all got to do our job. And 
If we get embarrassed, you know, we'll reevaluate. Now he's coming back a day or two later, seasons to come. We're, we're solid. So <laughs> I think at this point, uh, they just need to stop sending out statements. And yeah. I mean, even if they're committed or they're not, I think they just need to shut up and just kind of let it play out. And, and hell, if they find the money, <laughs> then, then do what you got to do. But uh, until that time, uh, yeah, I think they would just be wise to stop with these statements. You just wait, Mike. After this week, it'll be, you know, that old Nancy Drew's going to dig something up down there in Tallahassee. <laughs> I saw Ray at a bar down there. <laughs> it's all over TMZ. <laughs> Coach lied again, or uh, AD lied again. Oh, geez. What a mess. And, and it's probably not a mess. You know, it's just these guys that, I'm telling you, it's all clickbait out there, man. They are. It's whatever they who can write the most damaging article right now, and and they don't realize it's hurting their own university, you know. Oh, I'm gonna have to disagree with you, Shane, for speaking to people down there in Columbia covering this thing. You it think? is a damn mess. You think? Okay, so you think this is more to do on the administration than it is the media making it a bigger deal than it is? Yes, because here's the here's the situation, Shane. The AD Ray Tanner wants to keep Will Muschamp. Right. But the AD is not even that popular right now. The president, no one knows what he wants to do. There's, they got a board that can overrule the AD, and there's people on the board that want Muschamp gone, and there's people on the board that want to keep Muschamp, and I think there's other people on the board that realize we cannot afford to cut <laughs> Muschamp. So you, you got <laughs> people being pulled in all different directions, and nobody knows what the hell's going on. And, and like I said, people want them gone. People want to keep them. And I think it's right now it's just a power struggle of who's going to win. Who is going to win? I mean, I I have no idea. We'll, we'll just have to you, wait and see here. You, you're not gambling? You're Come on. Oh, yeah. Right, just again, yeah. I thought you were. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I, I fully expect Muschamp to return, like I've been saying. Okay. Just what maybe with new offensive coordinator? Yeah, I think he's got to make a move okay. there. All right, I think he's gone. <laughs> That's just me. You want to make you it? Know? You want to make it your lock of the week? So all that. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Let me see this Clemson game first, Mike. <laughs> all right, Shane. Last thing I've got to hit on here. Let's jump on down to Tennessee. <laughs> Well, Jeremy Pruitt met with the media here on Wednesday evening, Shane, to, you know, for the final time before heading up to Missouri. And it was a critical game for Tennessee, critical game for Missouri. They need to stop the bleeding. Tennessee wants to get back to the postseason for the first time in several years. And I think, uh, obviously, Tennessee's hot streak, Shane, there's no doubt whatsoever at this point that this team is bought into the coaching staff, but Hell, going just going back about a month, month and a half, it did not look to be the case. So pretty remarkable turnaround. I'd, I'd say they were bought in the entire season. I don't think you can just kind of buy in halfway through, but it just didn't look right. A lot of people questioning Jeremy Pruitt in the direction of the program. Uh, here's Jeremy Pruitt on speaking uh, about his players and the, the level of buy-in from year one to year two uh, on the injuries of his team heading into this Missouri game. And then uh, the, the most important clip here is comments on Jeremy Banks, the freshman linebacker that was uh, dismissed during the season. Jeremy, uh, Marquez said yesterday that uh, it, it seemed like some of the guys bought in immediately to, to you when you got here. And there may have been a struggle for some others, and then maybe they bought in late, and then they may not have bought in early in the season. Did you sense that as a coach that, that there was maybe 
experience the struggles to get everybody to get bought into what you were trying to do? Well, I think um, I don't know about getting bought in. I, I think there was definitely a, um, especially early on, um, you know, probably surprise about how direct the coaching staff is, um, you know, about getting confronted about everything that um, getting getting uh, corrected uh, on every detail. So, um, you know, it's the thing with coaching, right? You know, we it, it when it comes to practice and all that, that I mean, they get they pay us to coach. So we're always looking, critiquing, finding a way, finding a better way. You know, so um, you know that that's one thing that I feel like our guys do a great job as far as a staff um, in in teaching progression, developing guys, uh, building relationships, uh, creating an atmosphere um, that is conducive to. To developing developing a football team, getting better as a player, um, you know, if you enjoy being somewhere, if you enjoy going to work, you're you're, you're going to be pretty good at it. So uh, I see our guys improving there. You know, we're our, our um, the speed of practice, uh, the physicality of practice is improving every day. Uh, and I would probably say that the last two days have probably been our best practices all year during the season. And I've liked the way we practice, but uh, our guys seem to be gaining some confidence. And I, I'm talking about in confidence in what they're doing, you know. Uh, so, and that just comes with age uh, and experience. So, uh, you know, we've got to take it from the field and put it, uh, I mean, practice field and, and take it to a Saturday. Also, is there any chance in the future of this program that we can see a scenario with Jerry Banks returns to the program? Um, I, I, we, we should have everybody uh, Saturday. I think, you know, we got guys that are banged up, you know, uh, from the last game. But having a week off, we've tried to, you know, get them ready to play. Uh, but at the same time, use common sense. Uh, so, you know, there they might be a couple of guys that might – be a little bit limited, but they'll, they'll, we should have everybody ready to play. Um, and, and the other question we're, we're not going to talk about right now. All right, Shane. So, you know, not a total surprise there that Pruitt did not want to speak in specifics about Jeremy Banks, but the freshman linebacker di- dismissed several weeks ago. He's mm-hmm. remained in class at Tennessee, he has not entered the NCAA transfer portal. Read into that what you will. Um, maybe he just wants to get his education, and I certainly hope that he does and go that direction. But just based on Jeremy Pruitt's history, we all know that uh, you know he's a player's coach, and he'll stick his neck out for the, his players that he believes in that have not done you know anything heinous by any means. I, you know, we don't really need to make a commentary on, on what Jeremy Banks did or why he got dismissed. I think, uh, you know, it's understandable why they had to let him go, I, I guess you could say. But at the end of the day, no one got hurt. You know, he just said some ill-advised words. And kind of like Jawan Jennings, Shane, remember, I mean, he's a damn hero now on Rocky Top. But about two years ago, he got dismissed too for some words. And yep. there was people in the media, there was people on the coaching staff, there was people in the administration that said, we do not need to bring this guy back. He's a he's a damn mm-hmm. troublemaker. 
Jeremy Pruitt and Philip Fulmer thought differently. And I'm not saying that's necessarily going to happen with Jeremy Banks, but it certainly seems like they're clearing a path for that to happen. And basically, in my mind, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe maybe you want to weigh in here differently. But I think what they do is they clear the path for him to return and say, hell, if you you know steer clear of trouble for nine, ten months, whatever it is, yeah, maybe you do have a place on this team. Yeah, man, it's 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 a weird situation. Um, like you said, nothing. The, the, it's not like there was an assault or an arrest. I mean, I mean, there technically was an arrest for a citation, but violation that he didn't go to court for. But it wasn't like he did something out in the public to warrant an arrest. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's 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 a weird situation, and it's just. No, I, I don't want to get into it because we've we've already been down that road, but. You know, is this something he can bounce back from? Is this something that he can learn from and grow from? I mean, he is a kid, for crying out loud. So um, I think if anybody would recognize that, it would be these coaches. It'd be the it'd be the staff. It'd be Philip Fulmer. It'd be the guys that are around him all the time. The 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 professors at the at the college. You know, somebody that has contact with him. You know, uh, majority of the time. So that's not for us to speculate, but. You know, I, the fact that he hasn't transferred out says that somebody's talking to him. Somebody's trying to help him out. So we'll see what happens, man. I don't think anything's going to happen this year, obviously, but mm-hmm. uh, maybe going into next season, we'll see if he's on the team or not. And I just think it's really smart the way Pruitt's going about it, though, because if he says anything like, you know, yeah, we're working with him, you know, we're trying to get him back on the team, and then he does something mm-hmm. bad again, then it's like, oh, my God, it, it blows up in your face. But yeah. as long as you don't comment on it, as long as you don't, you know, publicly say anything, if and when something bad happens, I mean, you don't have to make a comment again because he's not part of your program. You know what I mean? So uh-huh. I'm sure they're having private conversations with him, say, stay in class, do well. Uh, you know, I've actually seen there's been photos out there. I don't know if you've seen it, Shane, but Jeremy Banks with the local police department and everything and getting to know those people those officers yeah. and everything. So it certainly seems like he's taking steps in the right direction. I think he's got to continue that for months, you know, weeks, if not months, uh, to, to kind of vindicate himself. But uh, mm-hmm. I'm just I'm just happy to see that uh, at least steps are being taken there because he's got a bright future, and I, you'd hate to just see it go. Who knows what would yes. happen if he doesn't have football, you know? The fact he's making an effort, man, like you said, he's reaching out and, you know, most kids would just transfer, go to another school and start playing next year. You know, mm-hmm. the fact he's, you know, he's, it seems to me like he's owning what he, you know, the mistakes that he made and, and he's trying to be better at it. So, but, you know, again, we'll, we'll see what happens. I, it's, it's not going to affect this Missouri game, you know, but uh, it, it may affect something next season. All right, Shay, that's going to do it for this one. Thanks for joining me. As always, thank you, everyone, for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next one. Oh, real quick, man. Uh, I did want to give a shout-out to our boy up in uh, uh, Kentucky, TGH. Send us both our bottles uh, of uh, bourbon, Kentucky bourbon. Uh, of course, he did put a big cat sticker on there, so I'll have to see that every time I pour in a shot. But it's worth it, <laughs> you know, for 365 days of bragging rights. And I appreciate you coming good on the bet. There's a couple of you. I'm still waiting on my bottle to arrive, but I'm sure it's <laughs> right around the corner. So. 
<laughs> yeah, I think I'm going to partake man. into some of that uh, as soon as I hop off here, Shane. Absolutely. Let's do it, man. All right. All right, man. All right I'll see you guys. <laughs> Go balls. <laughs>